Hey. Sorry. Get a little caught up. Caught up. Okay, we can go on all day. How's everybody doing? We good? Okay, here, I just, I need, I need to go ahead and just get you ready, um, if you're okay with it. Why don't you go ahead and just sit back in your seat real quick, like sit really far back, just like, like, like get into your seat real quick. Go ahead and just do it. Just play with me, okay? Just get in your seat real far back. Put your arms on the sides, okay? And, and just go ahead and tell yourself you're going to get something today. Go ahead, tell yourself. You can say it out loud. It's okay. Say, you're going to get something today. It's okay. Now, I need you to know something today that I'm not speaking out of me, but God is speaking through me today. And so what, what you hear, I want you to understand that God has literally poured out for you, okay? He's poured out this week for you. He's poured out, literally, my, my family went into like a downward spiral, started last week. Uh, everyone got sick except for me because they always rely on me to be Dr. Zay. And so uh, it started with London, then went over to Brittany. Uh, they weren't able to be here last week. And then Roman caught it. And then by Tuesday, Sloan was down for the count. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Everybody had to get on antibiotics, and, and uh, Sloan lost her voice. And so whenever she cries now, it's just. <sighs> it's funny slash really sad because then you just see the tear come out, and you're like, oh, I didn't know you were crying. You know, it's like. Um, my poor baby, honestly, it, it kills me to see her like that. But so anyway, so everybody's on the men, but everybody was pouring snot today. So they all had to stay home. We said, you're not welcome in the power place today. Cause we don't want to spread no germs. Amen. But, uh, they're all watching today. So hi guys, love you all. Um, but here's the thing, um, in those moments, and I, I want to talk about this for one second, and this is not a part of my sermon. So don't think you're getting out of it. Uh, I'm not starting yet. So, um, but here's the thing, I, I want to talk about this for a second because this is weighing on so many people, and more conversation I have with people, the more that I'm hearing this, okay? And, and we're not started yet, so I'm not even going to pray yet. I just want to talk about this because I feel this is so heavy on my heart just to share with you. Um, in those moments where your household is falling, okay? Now, we, we came out of January. We had a 21-day fast in January. Everybody was going through it, mean in business, right? We're eliminating food. We're, Lord, we're going to hear from you and expect big things. And, oh, Jesus, answer my prayers. I'm getting hungry, Lord, more hungry for you. And you're an incredible God, a good father. And then, and then you know, you end the fast and day 22 rolls around and no answers of anything that you'd been praying for in the fast. And day 23 rolls around and now you're questioning, you know, kind of why you did the fast because you didn't really get any answers and then day 24, 25, 26, now you're kind of doubting the whole reason you even did anything. You lost a lot of weight for no good reason and, and now you're standing here looking in the mirror at yourself saying you look like a bean pole and you have zero answers, okay? Now we're into February, still no answer. What is God silent all of a sudden? I know you said he's talking in the whisper, but I can't hear a thing. And now, now we're into February, and now frustration sets in, and then your entire family goes down the tubes.
And instead of being frustrated, now you're ticked. And now you've crossed over into being mad at God because how dare him leave you out to dry? Because you gave 21 stinking days to him. Can he not just answer one of your prayers? And now you've crossed over and now your whole family's sick. Maybe someone's dealing with a death in the family. You've had some crazy things happen. Financial issues have arisen. Uh, you've got marital problems like you've never had before. And all of a sudden, out of obedience, God, I'm really going to have this happen now? Really? And now you're sitting here today in church, and you came, but you don't want to be here. Because really, is there really any reason to be here? Because you guys get up there and you do these chitty chatty things where you're like, oh, give God everything and he'll pour out. And then I go home and I meet real life. And real life, it stinks. I know that you probably don't live the same life that I live, but my life is crap. When I wake up in the morning, I question whether I should even live that day. I know that you don't do that. I know that this isn't a part of your schedule. But where I'm at, I hate everyone I have in my circle. And now God has the audacity to leave me out to dry. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> I just shared a personal story, and I thought you guys would be a little more emotionally invested. I'm sorry. So many of us live on a Sunday thinking that everyone else sitting around us is living a fairy tale. And so now we've eliminated the opportunity for God to pour out in our lives because all we want is what everybody else has. I'm going somewhere. Just give me a second. I'm, going, I'm, I'm headed in a direction. Just, just get on the... Get on the holiness highway. I love the holiness highway. It's such a good highway. I'm going to be on the highway. I can't wait. There ain't no beast on there. There ain't no lions. No wicked people. It's just me and the good people. You should read about it sometime. It's incredible. It's in Isaiah. Just so you know. Just, just throwing it out there. Great book. I'm just saying. There's an intensity today. And you need to understand it, okay? You need to, you need to get this, that God is trying to speak to you, okay? Now, let, hear, hear me now. Wherever you're sitting right now, whether you went through the fast, have not heard answers, whether you've been through insane life lately, God wants you to know today, be obedient, son. Be obedient, daughter. Continue on, okay? So this last week, the family's headed down the drain, <laughs> Brittany looks at me, she's like, the enemy is after us, and we're not giving in. I said, yeah, I know, that's why I married you. <laughs> okay, this is good. So we're on the same page. And guess what? There was an atmosphere shift. The, why? Why? Because there was confidence in what was to come. There's confidence in what is to come. And if you can have confidence in what is to come, you can get through anything. Because guess what? Jesus is pouring out, and he's pouring out continually. And if you will be in position, you can actually hear and understand why he's doing what he's doing. 
So you might be here today and say, I've had the worst week ever. My question to you would be, have you had moments this week where you got away and heard God's voice? Have you had moments this week where you quieted yourself and actually listened to what God was saying to you? Did you have moments this week where you dug into your word and and really kind of let God just speak to you from that word? Because if you haven't, you are not setting yourself up to be able to hear his voice. Can I just speak truthfully for a second? Is that okay? Are we, are we okay with that? Just, just to begin this thing. And then I'll get in, we'll get into the fluff stuff. Is that okay? I'm just kidding. This is more serious than even what I'm talking about. So get ready. If you are not being obedient behind closed doors, if there is no obedience behind closed doors, there cannot be any prosperity outside. Okay. Now, and now hear me, please hear me on this, because I want the best for you, and that's why we're having this, 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 this family meeting. <laughs> this is a family meeting. It just turned into a family meeting. Every time my dad called a family meeting, I peed a little. <laughs> I, let's just be real. The boy can get serious, and when he's serious, it's scary. So, Dad, I love you. And, and, and he would, you know, kids, family meeting. My, he, my dad's not a loud guy. He, never, he would never raise his voice. He's not, he's not one of those. He just turns, he, his countenance changes. It's scary. It, it's, it's from nice to, oh, am I going to die? Like, like, just a countenance change. He would whistle to get our attention when we were outside playing. And if we had done something wrong, you could hear the tone of the whistle change. It was like really deafening whistle, and it meant like get to the home now, and you better throw on like nine pairs of underwear when you get home. Like that was the deal. Like you just knew what was happening, right? There was just, there was a countenance change. It was like sit down. Did you you, you do something? Because he's not happy. There was just, there was a countenance change. And why? Because I knew that the father, there was something that wasn't right. And I wonder how our father's looking at us today, uh, because if there is disobedience behind closed doors, I wonder how he is looking at us today saying, son, daughter, man, you sit here, you're so frustrated with me, but yet I have done nothing. And all you do is complain and gripe while you're outside, but when you're inside, there's no obedience. Therefore, you're leaving me no open door to come and bless you. I just want you to open yourself up today to be able to receive. So can we just, let's just take one moment, lift every hand around the place. Go ahead, just focus in. Say, Jesus, I I give you all that I am today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would instill something in me today that I didn't come in here expecting. Lord, I pray that I would leave here with something special, that I would be impacted today, Jesus, and that you would use me in an incredible way. Pour out today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God's going to do something today. Amen. Come on, why don't you give him praise for just five seconds. Let's just go. Come on, you can do better than that. He's good. He's good. I got to go to the the Eagles parade. It was really cool. I don't even watch sports, and I went. (laughs) I just wanted to be around six million people. Um, I love being around a lot of people. It was, it was good. Went down, got right down uh, 17th Street. Oh, man, it was, it was so good, right down there in the middle of everything. And there was an atmosphere down there that was insane. And they had the loud music going, and I danced for like four hours straight to keep my blood flowing and because I like to dance. Um, 
And it was just, it was so cool. Oh, my word. It was, it was such a, just such a moment. I mean, it was, it was history. You have to be a part of history. So I had to take the day off. I mean, that's just a must, right? Not coming into work because we got to go be a part of history. And I just, I thought, how insane. How many, how many people are on a football team? I don't even know this, so I'm just going to ask. How many, how many people like normally are on a football team? Just 53? 53. Okay, so you got 53 people on a football team, and they had 6 million people show up to support them. I was kind of blown away by this. And I, I understand, like, you know, I get it. You know, sports, they throw, they throw this little bally thingy at each other. And, and they catch it and, like, roll into cool places. It's, I mean, they're really good. I'm not taking that away from them. But I was just kind of blown away that they had 6 million people come from all over. I mean, I was watching the news, and people were flying in from everywhere to be here for this, like, huge parade. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the parade, Kate. I, Eagles are great. Woo, Eagles. Uh, and I n- really know how to spell it now because we spelled it, like, 78,000 times that day. So I was really struggling heading in because I'm homeschooled, but when I left, I knew it. Um, Oh, man, Lord, help us all. The funniest part was, like, the drunk people, they really weren't spelling it right. I was like, ha, you're drunk. Um, So, you know, but here's the thing, and this this is the crazy part. They all came out, and then when the parade came by, it was just buses with people on it waving. I was like, okay. And then they left, and I was waiting for, like, Disney World to come in with, like, the big floats, you know, and, like, Nick Foles, like, you know, like, just floating. Ain't none of that. There was just buses with people, and we waved, and I just videotaped them as I went by. I was like, is this it? And, you know, like, and then they all went by, and then, they, and then everybody was like, okay, we're going home. That's it? The buses? We came for the buses? And the, the people waving? This is it? What? Oh, and confetti. Oh, thanks, Luke. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, confetti. That was, that was worth it. It was worth it. I got up at 4 a.m. to get down there. You had to bust. You had to figure out your route. Got down there. It was worth it. I saw confetti. Land and order confetti next week. We need confetti. I just thought how, how crazy it was. Everybody came out for buses. Now, was I there? Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to miss it. Was it history? Uh, 100%. Six million people showed up to see buses go by. I wonder if six million people will come to support the sun. Because I know that's so cliche, oh my word, and Jose, you really just went there. But yes, I did, because it was buses. <laughs> like, so underwhelming. And I just wonder if people come into this house and they leave with the fact that, man, that was underwhelming. I don't think you can. Because if you come in here, the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of your heart and you leave different. I was watching this preacher this week, and he said, do you just feel the Holy Spirit? Whenever he comes on, you can just kind of like feel the tingles. And it's like, oh, no drug can do that. Wow, really? And I can't wait because God is doing something new. And people are going to start flying in from across the world to see what he's doing in this house. Miracles are going to start to happen. And... uh 
something that we started back in January. I just felt like God was just moving in, in new ways. And, and one of the things that I was praying for was that miracles, we would see, you know, people healed in ways that, you know, like sicknesses would be gone and, you know, cancer would be healed. And that's all great. But, but I want to see miracles like someone comes in without a leg and it grows. Like, I just want to see, mir- I know you can call me crazy, but, but I'm just crazy enough to believe that uh, I believe kind of like my great-grandfather believed. And he would walk in and he would walk past the family that lost their, their member of their family and the member was laying in the, the bed and, and they were dead and, he, and, and my great-grandfather would walk out hand in hand. And I'm just crazy enough to believe that stuff can still happen and I, I want to believe that God is doing it in this house and that we're stepping into a season of miracles and the way that I'm putting it, this is not going to be a season but this is a new era because the way that we're walking into this is not something that you've ever experienced before. I believe that the miracles can and will happen in Jesus' name in this house. Amen. 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 Okay, we got to step into this. We got to go because we're, we're running out of time. Um, this is week two of the ups, the downs, and the all arounds. The ups, the downs, the all arounds. Last week was the ups. Landon killed it. Uh, just brought forth a great word of having to go down before you can go up. How many got impacted by last week's word? It was incredible. So good. How many of you had an opportunity this week through, you actually put that into practice? Anybody you put that into practice? It was like incredible. Hey, yeah, it's so good. It was such a practical thing to be able to understand, wow, that is so true. I have to go down before I can go up. And the posture that comes with that. And Jesus is good. And so thank you, Landon, for, for leading in that way. This is week two. We're talking about the downs. Anybody, the, the down moments are, are, are the crazy moments. They're the valleys. They're the valleys. Those, those moments where, where you're, you're in the valley and you can feel it. And I want to talk to you uh, today out of the book of Job because I feel like Job's story is, is one of the most ultimate valley experiences recorded in the word of God because he had so much and yet it all got stripped away. And so we're going to read through this, and the way that I've done this, you're probably going to want to watch on the screen, because if you're doing a paperback or a leather-bound Bible, you're probably going to be pretty annoyed, because I've broken it up into so many uh, different areas, because I didn't want to read the whole book of Job, but we're going from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 40, 40 or 42, whatever it, it ends on, we're going all the way through, okay? So I'm just, I broke it up in here, so that we don't have to read the entire book of Job, okay? But I want to break it up, and we'll kind of split it down. Everybody okay with that? So if you watch the screen... Brandon has done everything for you so that you didn't have to, okay? So we're just going to read through this, and uh, let's do this together. Jesus, I pray that you would bless these next few moments as we are together, and we're learning, and we're growing together today, Jesus. We love you, and thank you for all that you are, and everybody said, amen. In Job 1, uh, we're starting in verse 14. It says, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabians attacked. And carried them off. They put the servants to the sword. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and carried them off. 
They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. A.K.A. worst day ever. Are you kidding me? The the man was loaded. He's got like 7,000 sheep. Who owns 7,000 sheep? And where do you store them? Can we build a barn big enough for 7,000 sheep, Anthony? Well, you could. No, you can't. I like your answer better. Wow, 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 wow. This boy's got everything. And now... Everything is stripped away within moments. Moments. Because if you'll notice in there it says, while he was still speaking, wait a minute, there there wasn't even like a a break? He just had to get all the bad news at once? Jumping on to verse 20. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. Huh? Huh? Wait, what? Oh. Oh, oh, I get it. Worship should be our first reaction, not our last resort. Oh. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, right. Oh, oh, yeah, I get it. Okay, so he was running to worship even in his worst moment because instead of having worship as a last resort where I just run to Jesus when I absolutely need him, I'm going to run to him first, and when I get there, hopefully he'll, he'll speak to me. Verse 21, Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Whoa, Job, are you kidding me right now? Really, that's where you're going right now? Like, you're just going to praise him? Like, is this crazy? But, but, see, you have to understand, because later uh, he was inflicted with sores. And, and, and see, when this happened, I mean, they were painful, and, and, and it, it, it started to challenge the sovereignty of God. Because at first, yeah, I mean, you took everything away, but now I'm in pain. Uh, we're jumping into chapter 3, verse 1. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, may the day of my birth perish, and the night it was said a boy is born. Our valley can cause us to question. Your valley can cause you to question God's goodness and his sovereignty. Your valley can cause you to question God's goodness and his sovereignty. But see, here's the thing. You can't let your valley cloud out your entire perspective. You see, what happened before was... He had blessing, and then it got taken away, and now it's just, Lord, I'm done. But he has forgotten all that God had done for him. Don't let your perspective be clouded by a moment. Okay? Okay, okay, just stay right there. You're good. Job 6, verse 11. 
What strength do I have that I should still hope? What prospects that I should be patient? Now he's questioning because that's what we do. This is the system. I'm going all the way back to when I first got up on stage and we talked about the process. Okay, we're going right, right in here. This is the same. He's walking through the entire process right now. He's now entered the questioning stage. How many of you have been there? You, you know, you're questioning. Okay, now listen, listen, we're talking about relationships here. This is huge, okay? This is, this is huge. And I'm talking, I'm talking marriage. I'm talking friendship. I'm talking all kinds of relationships, okay? I want you to understand that there is a connect point here that if you can get these things right, there, there is going to be prosperity that comes from it. The valleys are no joke. If you jump to chapter 7, verse 6, it says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. I had to look it up because I have no clue what a weaver's shuttle is. I thought it was like leave it to Beaver's cousin Weaver, uh, and they were on a shuttle. Like I had to look it up. It's like this weird like sewing thingy that like spools and feeds yarn. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. And they and they come to an end without hope. So now Job has lost hope. Oh, that's a dangerous place to be because when you lose hope, oh no. Now we're now we're now we're now we're setting up camp. Hey mom. I think it was my mom calling. Um, uh, uh, Alex, you can come up. Let's, let's set this up. Uh, because when you lose hope, you start setting up camp, okay? Uh, Job 7, verse 11. It says, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Now Job has taken the position in chapter 7 that now he's going to be honest. How many have ever been honest with God? Or do you guys just like the silent treatment where you're just like, eh, or you, you like to be honest with God. Go ahead and just, just get honest with him, right? Just like be, be let's be, just be right out in front. So now Job's entered this position where now he's just going to be straight honest with God. So now he, he goes in here. Therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Go on to Job verse, uh, chapter 21, verse 7. It says, why do the wicked live on? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, now he's looking at everybody around him. Uh-oh. Why do the wicked live on? Growing old and increasing in power. They see their children established around them, their offspring before their eyes. Their homes are safe and free from fear. The rod of God is not upon them. Their bulls never fail to breed. Their cows uh, calf and do not miscarry. They send forth their children as a flock. Their little ones dance about. They sing to the music of tambourine and harp. They make merry to the sound of the flute. They spend their years in prosperity and go down to the grave in peace. Yet they say to God, leave us alone. We have no desire to know your ways. Who is the Almighty that we should serve him? What would we gain by praying to him? But their prosperity is not in their own hands. So I stand aloof from the counsel of the wicked. Yet how often is the lamp of the wicked snuffed out. How often does calamity come upon them? The fate God allots in his anger. How often are they like straw before the wind, like shafts swept away by a gale? Me and Alex, we, we, uh, we hike together. Now, now Alex, Alex does the hiking and then he posts the pictures, and I imagine myself hiking with him. <laughs> I've done some pretty good hikes with Alex. I mean, we've gone to some pretty far off lands. 
Let's move on. Job chapter 23. Now, he just got done talking all about the people that are in this world around him, okay? And the jealousy now that is basically setting in because everybody else doesn't have problems. So why do I need to serve Jesus? Because everybody ain't got no problems. Yeah, right. Fairy tale. Job 23, verse 3. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say. He's right there, Job. You can talk to him. Just look up. Watch this. Job 23, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. He's now setting himself up. Get ready. Here we go. Job 38. Jump ahead. The Lord speaks. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. A.K.A. Greg Hollis in a family meeting. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? I don't know. Tell me, if you understand, who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Oh, oh. Man, he's a good father. You want to know why? Because good fathers question those who follow them. Do you know why you follow me? I'm almighty. I got it all under control. Do you even know why you follow me? Who set up the lines? Who set up the boundaries, the dimensions? Who did that? This guy. Do you even know? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Jump ahead to Job 40, verse 3. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. Here we go. Now this is the posture. This is the posture to receive. Are you ready? I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer twice but I will say no more. Shh. Job humbles himself. Job 42, verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had had before. Ooh, somebody needs to hear that today. You need to hear that. You need to tune your ear to this moment because this is for you. You've been fighting. You've been fighting. You've been fighting. God's looking for obedience. He's looking for humbleness. And he's going to come in and he's going to act on your behalf. The Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. 
he had 14,000 sheep. Anthony, can we build a barn big enough for 14,000 sheep? <laughs> hey, Matt, um, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys, and he also had seven sons and three daughters. And you're telling me the valleys don't exist? There's four things you need to get through the valley. Everybody say four things. I know, I know, we've been really serious. I know we're walking through this. We're trying to get through this fast. I want you to get it. I want you to, to let it hit your spirit, man, okay? So I want, I want you to understand this. But there's four points, and I'm going to fly through them real quick, okay? Uh, point number one, vantage point matters. Your vantage point matters. Your vantage point matters. You know, what you see in the valley is not always lollipops and unicorns. It's the, it's the real deal. So get a new vantage point. You got to get a new vantage point. You got to get a new vantage point. You got to see it in a different way. I'm just going to go through these real quick. Number two, repetition brings perfection. Now, please understand. Perfection, look at it as you are talented in that. If you will be repeating the good, then you will perfect the way of faith. Therefore, when you get into a situation, a circumstance where you are challenged in your marriage, in your relationship, you can then stand on faith and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I've already done this so long that I know this was coming. I knew it. I knew it was coming. And now you're stepping into something. Number three, forward movement is necessary. And I want to stop here for a second. Is Alex still in here? He, he's in the tent. Alex, are you sleeping? Okay. You just didn't want to look at everybody? I get it. It's okay, honey. You see, set up tent. You set up camp. This is where a lot of us go wrong in the valley. Because when we get in the valley, we get so consumed with where we're at, we actually go ahead and just set up camp in the valley. Number one wrong move in the valley is to stop in the valley. You do not stop in the valley. Look at me. You do not stop in the valley. Look at me. You do not stop. Luke, you were just looking at me, so it was really nice. I, I liked it. We we're like locked eyes. You don't stop in the valley. You don't stop in the valley. You never stop in the valley. The valley is there to push you, but you never stop in it. If you are setting up camp in the valley, you've made a wrong move. Because now you're getting comfortable in what you think you should be in. And you shouldn't be here. This is not for you to set up camp in. It's for you to walk through. The valley is there for you to walk through. The valley is there for you, until I start to get an amen, I'm just going to continue saying it. The valley is there for you to walk through. You are not supposed to set up camp. Don't sit down in the valley. Are you kidding me? You're going to yank out your phone in the valley and start blogging about your valley? Heck no. You don't blog in the valley. You don't text in the valley. You don't write an email in the valley. You walk through the valley. Once one claps, everybody's got to clap. If you're in the valley right now and you've been there for a long time, 
Can I tell you that it's okay? Alex, start taking down that dang tent. It, you got you got to get out. You got to get out of your tent. You got to take it down because you can't stay in the valley any longer. The valley is not there for you to be there. The valley is there to teach and train you, and forward movement is a must. You got to have forward movement. So now we're going to eliminate what we've now set up, okay? You've been comfortable for too long in the valley thinking that this is just what life has offered me, so now I'm going to stay here. I wore a tie just for that reason so I could do that. No, I'm just kidding. You gotta move, you gotta move, you gotta move. You gotta grab your spouse. Mm. This is important because you can't do it by yourself. If you're married, don't do it by yourself. Grab your spouse's hand. Okay, let's go, we gotta do this together. And you're moving forward because the valley is not there for you to set up camp in. The valley is there for you to learn. It's a learning process. And if you can have forward motion through it, it will not affect you it will strengthen you. Number four, point number four, point number four. Forward movement is necessary, number three. Number one, vantage point matters. Gotta see things in a new way. Number two, repetition brings perfection. Number three, forward movement is necessary. And number four, this is the most important one because guess what, once you pick up camp, this is where it gets hard, okay? Square gets hard, but number four matters. The climb is worth it. Because here's the thing. When you climb, you are strengthening muscles that you didn't know you had. And this is where the effort comes in. And now you're climbing up the hillside, trying to get up on top of the mountain. Because we all want to be on top of the mountain. Everybody wants a mountaintop experience. You want to be up there saying, Jesus is Lord. He's so good. Amen. You all want it, you want it, but the climb is the hard part. But the climb is what strengthens your muscles that you didn't know you had. So when you enter into the valley, that's the point where you don't stop, you don't set up camp, you walk through the valley, and you get ready because you know the climb is coming. The climb's coming. The fast that you didn't get an answer from, that's okay because God is a faithful God and he's always gonna answer your prayers. You are just being obedient to do the fast. Did you really do a 21-day fast to get an answer at the end of the 21 days? Or did you do it to be obedient to God? Because in your obedience, God sees your obedience. And then he says, okay, get ready, because here comes the climb. And then you face the hill. Wow, that's big. God, I don't know if I can do it. Yes, you can. Lord, I don't know. I haven't had enough training for this. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Remember, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. You think I can't take care of you? Remember, I created you in the womb. I knew you before you even knew yourself. I knew where you were going to go, what you were going to do, and I knew that I could take you from where you were and get you to where you needed to be. And you're facing a mountain right now, but guess what? You're going to climb it, and you're going to climb it well. And those, those legs that kind of look like Luke's legs but are a little bigger than Luke's legs, are going to, Landon thanks a lot. Landon only can say that last week because he has Viking legs, and that's not fair. Nobody is birthed with a 95-inch calf. It's unfair. But you get ready. You get ready, and then you start to climb. 
you start to climb and you climb like you've never climbed before. Why? Because you're going for a purpose. You're doing it for a reason. Why? Because you want that mountaintop so bad that you're willing to learn what you have to learn, strengthen the muscles that you have to strengthen, and you're going to climb and climb and climb all the way until the mountaintop, and you're going to get on top and say, I did it. I walked through that valley. That valley had no effect on me, and now I'm up on top of the mountain, and guess what? That hill climb, it didn't do anything to me but strengthen me, and devil, I knew it. I knew you tried to take me down. I knew you were trying to wipe me out. You can't have me. Not today. Not in my house. Not going to happen. I'm telling you, God's doing something today. And he's strengthening you because you are entering into a season. We as a church are in a new era. We as individuals enter seasons. The era I love because we're in a new year. This ain't going to be a season. This is just going to be new, new, and new, and new, and new, and new. And God's going to pour out. But you, you're in seasons. See, you, you walk through seasons. You walk through seasons of testing. You walk through seasons of blessing. And if you will be ready for the testing, the blessing will be that much better. Everybody stand up around this room. We're, we're going we're gonna to close this thing out. It's 11 o'clock. What are you guys doing? Oh, you're killing me. Oh, this is good. I, got, I have to read this real quick. I have to read this. Are we okay? Everybody okay? Are we getting anything out of this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start speaking to couples. Ready? I'm going to start speaking to couples. I want it today. Now, listen, this is, this is relationships, ups, downs, all arounds for all of you. But I wanted every single person in this room to know whatever valley you're in, you are strong enough how you are. But you can't stay there because the hill comes. And when the hill comes, you've got to be ready. God says, I can use you exactly where you're at. I can use you exactly where you're at, but I'm going to need some obedience. So we're going to go Exodus 23. You ready? And I'm reading out of the leather bound because is there anything better than reading a real Bible? No. I love my Bible. There's something, when this Bible goes underneath my arm, there's something that happens. Ooh, it feels so good. And sometimes I just want to take it and just smack the devil's face. Chapter 23, yeah, amen, that's right. Chapter 23, verse 20, are you ready? And this is it, this is, this is it, are you ready? This is showing you that God cares, ready? Are you ready? Everybody ready? Go ahead and say, I'm ready. We're gonna be out of here in a few minutes, you're good. Verse 20, it says, see, I am sending an angel ahead of you. Whoa, Ooh, yeah, okay. To guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. Wait a second, you mean I don't have to do this by myself? You mean I don't have to strengthen myself to walk through that valley by myself and I don't have to walk that hill climb by myself? No, I'm sending angels ahead of you to get ready the ground you are going to be walking on. I'm getting ready the hill that you are gonna climb. Woo! Oh man. And, and here, it comes back to you. It comes back to you because this is your challenge. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion. Since my name is in him, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies. How many of you need God to be an enemy to your enemies? Come on, let's be real. 
and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and I will wipe them out. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. I believe that for your home right now. And I don't know what what you're doing, but I just feel a, a push from the Holy Spirit. If you're dealing with sickness in your home, I have it too, but if you're dealing with sickness in your home, I'm talking like sickness. I'm talking like something that the doctors have said, it cannot be cured. I'm talking something that you have to take a heavy medication. I'm talking something that has been diagnosed by the doctors that says, we are gonna have to do an intensive surgery. Today, Jesus is taking away the sickness in Jesus' name right now, wherever you're at. If that's you, put your hands up, receive it in Jesus' name, he's doing it. He's doing it today. Ooh, man. God is good. I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. Ooh. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites out of your way. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. That is a, that is, ooh, we gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop here. We gotta go until 1106. It's okay. Here's the thing. God is not gonna take it all away at once. He's got a plan. And you gotta trust his plan because he knows better than you know. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert to the river. I will hand over to you the people who live in the land and you will drive them out and and you will drive them out before you. Do not make a covenant with them or with their gods. Do not let them live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me because the worship of their gods will certainly be a snare to you. God is doing something in you right now. Even right now, he's doing something in you. Every hand across this place raised. I pray every marriage right now, I pray the valley that you're walking through in your marriage right now would be healed in Jesus' name. I pray any emotions that have been attached to uh, to the fights that you've been having in your home, I pray that they would be gone in Jesus' name. Jesus has blessed you with that wife. He has blessed you with that husband. And you're going to take good care of them right now in Jesus' name. I pray uh, 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 just a peace over your home. Thank you, Jesus. As you're walking through the valley... You're not setting up camp. You're having forward motion. You're taking down the camp that you've already set up. And you're going to move forward. And you're going to get ready for the hill climb because it's coming. But the hill climb is the strengthening climb. And we're going to do it in Jesus' name. Come on, just give him praise right now for what he's brought you through and what he's taken you to. Jesus is a good father. Amen. 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 Anybody ready for the journey? Are you ready for the journey? Ooh, are we ready for the journey? Are you ready to enter the journey? Because guess what? The valley, it's always going to be there at some point. But man, how you handle the valley changes everything. Ooh, God is good today. He's good. I feel I'm just sitting 
sitting in this place. You're just sitting in this place. Wow. You feel that? You just feel that? Just, ooh. Yeah, just receive it right now. Just receive it. It's okay. receive that in Jesus' name. If that's you and you've been walking through a valley, I want you to raise your hand. We're just going to, we're going to pray right now. Go ahead. Don't be ashamed of the valley. We're all walking through them at some point. Go ahead. If you're walking through the valley just right now, even right now in your life, go ahead and raise your hand across this room. Jesus, right now, I pray for these valleys. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen these sheep right now in Jesus' name. Lord, as you are shepherding them, Lord, as you are leading them and guiding them, Lord, I pray that you would walk them through this valley, that you would strengthen the feeble hands. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen the knees that give way in Jesus' name. We believe it. We stand on your word. We stand on your promises. And today you're doing something new in Jesus' name. This valley is here for us to walk through in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. If, if you're in this house today and you say, Isaiah, I need Jesus. I need him in my heart. I need, I need whatever is going on in here. I, I, I've, I've, I've fallen away from God, and I need him back. If that's you in this place, you, just, you need Jesus today. You're like, you know what? Honestly, I am so desperate for something. I need Jesus to take over my life. I need him in my heart today. If that's you, just raise your hand across this room. Don't be ashamed about it. There's nothing to be ashamed. We have, we have all been there. If that's you, you say, Jesus needs to be my Lord and Savior today. Go ahead, lift a hand. Yes, awesome. I love it. This is good. God is so good. Amen. That's Come on, let's go. Let's go all day. Jesus is doing something in this house. I'm telling you. Come on, celebrate these that lifted their hands. This is huge. This is huge. Real quick, let's just pray as a church. Come on, every hand raised. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart today. I pray that you would wash me white as snow. Take away all the sin. In Jesus' name. Do a new thing in me and through me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Jesus today. He's a